Okay, so I got to refresh your memory a little bit from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, typically, Pastor Joe and I try to alternate weeks. He may preach one week, I try to do the next. Doesn't always work out that way, but so if I could take you back a couple of weeks uh, from the last time I preached, if you were here, if you can recall, um, I mentioned a lot about the times when Christianity ceases to be fun. Um, Christianity is not fun all the time. We find in life that it is not realistic for our lives to be good all the time. We can't be happy all the time. That Life just is not a blast every single day. I know that is not true. I know you know that is not true. It just doesn't work that way. That's not what we find in reality. Um, a couple weeks ago, I, I mentioned the the seasons we go through in our lives when there's all kinds of bombs going off. Uh, just all over the place, bombs seem to be going off when you're just saying, Lord, let's just make everything okay, let's just make everything peaceful, but the bombs keep going off. Um, I preached on when many of us have had giants staring down at us, you know. It's never fun to be facing a big, looking up at a big giant staring down at you that's going to squash you and try and destroy you. Uh, I mentioned that we, many of us go through a desert place, and we wander through dry deserts where you're thirsty. The Word of God just seems like it's a bunch of words. Uh, it's hard to hear from Him. It's hard to hear His Word. Uh, and we all have been through this stuff. We've all been through a desert place. We all go through junk. Amen? We go through junk in our lives. Many of you, I know, because I hear a lot of this stuff, many of you are going through junk now. I know you are. Many of you are facing surgeries, family issues, what have you. You're going through junk now. If you're not going through some junk now, you will be. Or if, you haven't, or if you're not now, you just came out of some junk. That's just what we find in life. That's just human reality. We go through junk. I know all of you, no one likes to hear that. We don't like going through junk and stuff, but that's just what we find. So if you remember, I preached on a lot of that stuff a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I talked about when the seas of our life can just be raging and you see just another big giant wave coming your way and you're like, Lord, I don't want to go through this anymore. Lord, I've been through this enough and here's this big wave coming at you. And you swear if you take one more wave, your ship is going to sink and it's going to be the end of you. Um, we've all been in situations like that. I, I, I preached a couple weeks ago and said, I've been in situations where I swore no good was going to come out of it. Swore it. And we all just go through those seasons. We've all been there. We like everything to be calm, but it's not always that way. Um, we, we swear things are not going to end well in this certain situation. So if I can just get you to recall some of that stuff from a couple weeks ago, I'm um, going to kind of pick up there or at least take a different perspective at some of that uh, stuff that I mentioned there a couple of weeks ago. So having all of those tumultuous times in our life, having all that in mind, I kind of have a scripture that doesn't seem to fit with all of the bad things that happen to us. All of the, the, the things that we don't like to go through, that we don't want in our lives, the things we perceive as negative. There's a scripture that I, I come across that just comes to my mind, doesn't seem to fit in 
with all these bad things, when the giants are staring, when the sea's raging, when a wave's going to blast you, when you're going through a desert. There's a scripture and it found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it's in verse 18. And it says this, now remember all of the bad things, all the junk you got to go through, some junk maybe you've just came through or junk that you're in even now. Keep that in mind as I read. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Did you see that first part there? It says, In everything give thanks. Brothers and sisters, it's no secret I love the Bible. I just prayed a few moments ago that the Bible is the final authority in my life. I pray that the Bible is the final authority in your life. If you're trying to decide, you're not sure about something, you look to the Word, the Word says this, end of case. The Word of God, if you believe it's the inspired Word of God, it is the final authority. Now, I believe that, okay? I believe that the Bible is truth. I believe that the Bible is true. But I, I guess that I have a hard time understanding because I've been through some junk in my life. I know that you've been through some junk in your life. I guess I have a hard time understanding that is the Bible suggesting to me that I should give thanks for this junk in my life? Stuff I don't want in my life. Stuff I didn't ask for. Is Thessalonians suggesting to me because it says, in everything, give thanks. Doesn't just say, for the good stuff, give thanks. For the blessing, give thanks. It says, in everything, give thanks. Is this scripture suggesting that I should be thankful for the things that I perceive are negative in my life? Because that's what it says. I mean, I believe the word of God is true. And it is saying, in everything, all things, for the good and for the bad things. It is telling me, it is instructing me to give thanks for it. Now, see, I can understand the Word of God telling me to be thankful for the good things. I get that. I can understand. I can, I can understand being thankful for my home. I can understand being thankful for my cars. I can understand being thankful for my wife and for my children. Things that I perceive are blessings. Things that I have hoped for. Things that I have prayed for. Things that I desire. I get it. I understand being thankful for those things. I, I get that. Yes, I want to be thankful for those things. Things that I want. Things that I have just wished for and longed for. I understand being thankful for that stuff. Health. My health my family, my job, that, that I can afford to buy food, that I have a vehicle. I get being thankful for all that stuff. But I, I guess I have a hard time understanding then when the Bible tells me in everything give thanks. Because, see, that, that encompasses the good and the bad. That, that, that grabs hold of the, the positive things that I perceive are good, but it also means the negative things, the things that I perceive are negative in my life. Now, I've been in some situations that were not fun at all. Is the Bible telling me to be thankful for that? Because that's what 1 Thessalonians is suggesting to me. 
I've been in some situations I will say that I could not stand being in. I've been in some situations where I will tell you I was miserable. Is Thessalonians telling me to be thankful for that? Because I have a hard time understanding that. I've been in some situations in my life, in my life and I'm, I'm sure many of you have too, where you hope you never have to go through them again. They're such a miserable circumstance, you never want to go there again. But is the Bible here telling me to be thankful for that? Because it says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So I'm supposed to be thankful when I can't afford to go buy the car that I want. Am I supposed to be thankful when I go through a sickness? Something I don't want. It's not good. Sickness isn't good. Is the Bible here telling me, be thankful? So, I suppose then when, when I lose, what if we lose someone that we love? I'm supposed to give thanks in that? See, because that seems strange to me. Because I'll, t I'll be honest with you, my mind doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. My mind says that if I desire something and then I receive it, then be thankful. Okay, Lord Jesus, I need this bill paid. Lord, this bill just came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. Didn't budget for it. Lord, I need this bill paid. The bill gets paid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'm thankful. That's how my mind works. Lord, I need this job. Lord, please help me to get this job. Lord, move the puzzle pieces into place so that I get this job. You get the job. Thank you, Lord. That's how my mind works. That's what thankfulness kind of means to me. When I get something that I'm praying for, that I want, that I desire, then be thankful for it. Lord, I need this car, whatever in the world it is that we're needful of, when we receive it, then be thankful for it. That's how my mind works. But that's not what the Bible is telling us here in this scripture. See, my mind says to be thankful for the blessings that I receive. That's how my natural mind works. I love my wife. I hug her. I squeeze her. I kiss her. I'm glad for her. We just celebrated 20 years together. I'm thankful for her. See, she's a blessing to me. Be thankful for that. But sickness, death, I'm not thankful for that stuff. I didn't ask for any of that stuff. I don't want that stuff. My natural thinking says, if I don't want this thing in my life, then I have no obligation to be thankful for it. Now, I didn't ask for this sickness. I don't want to be sick. I didn't ask for cancer. I didn't ask to be in this car accident. I'm not thankful for any of that. No way. I don't want that in my life. I don't want any part of that in my I know every last one of us, we're fearful for our loved ones being in a car accident. We're fearful of our loved ones be having a disease, a deadly disease. We don't want those things in our life. But yet, Thessalonians is saying, in everything, give thanks. But see, it doesn't work that way in my mind. See, because I don't ask for any of that stuff. I didn't ask for my loved one to die or whatever in the world it is that's bad. I didn't ask for it. I didn't sign up for that. My mind says, if you don't want it, then you don't have to be thankful for it. Yet the Bible is clearly telling us, in everything, give thanks. It just seems a little unnatural to me. So let me maybe even make it a little more clearer for you. Uh, my mom, who's not with us this morning, 
just had an Achilles surgery, okay? Many of you know that. Now, it's pretty much rendered her immobile, okay? She's unable to walk like normal, okay? She is immobile, can't walk, can't get around much. And when dad does try to move her around, it's difficult. They have a hard time getting around. And many of you know my mom, she's not one to like to sit around. She constantly likes to do things and go places. Her, But this surgery has pretty much confined her to her home. Can't be with us this morning because of this surgery. Okay, it's, it's a long recovery time. Lots of rehab. It's a painful surgery. And then when she finally does heal up from that and begins to rehab that, she has to look forward to getting the other Achilles surgery performed. I, I always tease my mom, and I tell her, Mom, one would think that you are a retired NFL linebacker with the injuries that you have had. I don't know what in the world. But that's the situation she's in. Pain, immobility, can't live like she wants to. My dad has to take care of her and do all of the things that she normally does. It wears him out. Is 1 Thessalonians 5 suggesting that they should be thankful in that? Is it? Because at a glance... I don't see much to be thankful for in that situation. I don't. If I take a look at it, I don't. If I was in my mom's shoes, man, it stinks. I didn't want this injury. I didn't ask for this injury. I didn't pray for it. I didn't hope for it. I don't want to be confined here to my home. I like to be out and about with my friends doing things. Yet here we have this scripture that doesn't seem to fit. That is saying, in all things, in everything, give thanks. I was like, maybe I asked myself, well, maybe you're looking at the, the scripture out of context, Jason. Maybe you better read a little before and a little after. But, but even I don't think that's the case. Because if you look at Thessalonians, the whole book of Thessalonians is an epistle written to the church in Thessalonica. In chapters 4 and 5, which I suggest you read sometime, there's a lot about the end times. There's some really fascinating stuff in there. But if you get to that latter part of chapter 5, it's just general admonishments to the church. And it tells us, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Okay, then, how about if the doctor comes to you and says, you got six months to live? Is the scripture applicable then? Should I be thankful then? What if I apply for my dream job? And I'm praying for it. Lord, let me get this job. Lord, do you understand how much this job would make my life so much easier? I'd have more money to give. I could help, Lord. It would make things so much easier, Lord, if I could just get this dream job. And you get a letter in the mail or a phone call or a text or an email that says, I'm sorry, we selected some other candidate. So when it slams in your face, it's Thessalonians saying, be thankful. When, when, when we all in here know that opportunity is rare, isn't it? Opportunity is rare. You should seize opportunities. When there's an opportunity that arises in your life and it slams in your face and you are rejected and denied from whatever this opportunity was, the Bible's saying to be thankful for that? 
Don't you know, Lord, how much easier my life could have been? Why, sometimes, sometimes we have our lives just mapped out and God takes us in a completely another direction. I know I have looked at the Lord and said, Lord, what's wrong with you? Almost like there's something wrong with him. We're not going towards the goal, Lord. Here's the goal. You're going the wrong way, Lord. The Bible says in everything, when the door slams in your face and they reject you, the Bible says in everything give thanks. All right, then. I've already told you, I do believe that the Bible is true. It is the final authority. So if I should not only give thanks for the good things, but if I should also give thanks for the things that I think are negative, okay, I'll say that is true because it's in the Bible. But why? Why then? Why should I give thanks? Why, God, should we give thanks when negative things happen to us? Why should I be thankful for the bad stuff? Why should I be thankful for things I didn't ask for and things I don't want in my life? Death, surgeries, pain. Why should I be thankful for those things? Why should I be thankful for my struggles? Yeah, it's like I got to have an explanation. Why should I be thankful when I get rejected and denied? You know, I, I can't help but have an analytical mind. That, that's how my mind works. It just likes to analyze things and break things down and try and wrap my mind around things. Now, sometimes I'm jealous of my wife. If my wife reads it in the Bible, it says God created the earth in six days, then my wife says, okay, that's good enough for me. But me, I got to know, how did he do it? When did he do it? Where does he do it? I got to dig in there a little bit. For her, it's just good enough reading it. I almost am jealous of that at times. But my mind wants to know. i got to dig into this a little bit and find out. If the Bible's telling me to be thankful for the bad stuff, why? You know, I, I believe that the Bible does indeed give us a reason why we should be thankful for the bad things. It's found in what I consider you know, one of the most significant scriptures in the entire Bible. In Romans 8.28, listen to this now. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, the called according to his purpose. Church, did you hear that? And we know that all things work together for good. Do you see that? All things work together for good. Not that all things are good. Cancer is not good. My mom's injury is not good. The disease is not good. Death is not good. Pain and suffering, they are not good. But they all work together to bring about good is what Romans 8, 28 is saying. They all work together for good of them that love God. It's not that my mom's surgery or her Achilles injury is good, but it works together to bring about good. That, that means so much to me. Because it gives a why I should be thankful in the bad things. Because the Word of God says, Jason, when you go through bad things, what you think is a negative situation, what you think is pain and suffering, I'm doing it because I'm bringing about good in some sort of way. 
Oh, I love Romans 8.28. And one of the most significant scriptures in the word of God. Brothers and sisters, that problem that you are dealing with, that you may be dealing with, is not good. But it's going to work together to bring about good. When you have a door shut in your face, it's not good. But it works together to bring about good. Oh, hallelujah for that. All the bad circumstances, all the bad situations work towards bringing about some type of good that God wants to bring about. All of these negative things, all of the pain and the suffering and the death and the junk that you go through, all of it works together for good of those that love him and that are the called according to his purpose. Uh, Romans 8.28 tells me that if, if you take a man of God, if you take a woman of God, someone that loves God, someone that clings to this word, if you take that person and you put them in a bad situation, good is going to come from it. Some way, somehow, good is going to come out of it. Why? Because all things work together for good. Hallelujah. I love Romans 8.28. It's so encouraging to me. Listen. It tells us to stop. Romans 8.28 tells us to stop looking straight down at your problem. Why don't you look a little bit beyond it? Look beyond your problem. What is God's hands trying to do? What's he trying to bring about in you? In your little world. Stop looking straight down. Many times when we have a problem come in our lives, we look directly down at the problem right here and right now. But God can see beyond that. He can see what he's, he, he could see a plan for your life, and he's going to do whatever he has to do to bring about that plan in your life. And sometimes it's pain, it's suffering, it's things we perceive as negative. C.S. Lewis said, Pain is God's loudspeaker to the world. See, I'll tell you right now, I always tell my sons, I'm like, boys, you can learn the easy way or you can learn the hard way. And I've noticed they choose the hard way a lot of times. Why is that? Because we don't listen. We don't listen. We don't listen to God. Us as adults, we don't listen to him. So sometimes he's got to shout and use pain. Sometimes he has to put us in the vice and crank us down a little bit until good oozes out of us. Well, I know when I'm praying for, there's people that I've been praying for, and I kid you not, maybe you won't like me as much after I say this, but there's people in my little world that are in a situation, and I do not pray for God to deliver them. I pray, God, you keep them right there until you do, until you accomplish what you want to accomplish. Because I believe that God is greater than I am. He's greater than my situation. He's greater than whatever pain or struggle I go through. My God is bigger than that. He operates on a plane that is higher than I am. I am unable to think like he does. And I got to trust in that. So I find this Romans 8.28 and it tells me, and this is a good enough answer for me, all things work together for good of those that love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Oh, I love that. Romans 8, 28. Highlight it. Write it down somewhere. Hang it on your mirror where you get ready in the morning. Whatever you got to do. That scripture's just tremendous. Could it be possible in the junk in your life? Could it be possible God's trying to bring about patience or some other virtue? 
Maybe God's trying to change your character. Maybe God's trying to get some integrity to come out of you. I don't know, or maybe he's trying to get godliness to come out of you. You know, Romans also tells us that patience produces experience. Experience produces hope. Maybe God's just trying to get some fruits out of you. And he's got no problem putting you in a bench vice and just cranking down a little bit. He's going to squeeze that good stuff out of you. You know, the Lord molds us, doesn't he? He molds us. If, if you are a true child of God, you let him mold you. You let him prune you. Listen to uh, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is an awesome book. Jeremiah was an awesome prophet, man of God. Suffered many things because he was a prophet. Listen to this. Jeremiah 18 says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying... Arise, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands, O house of Israel. How awesome is that? The Lord is reaching down to his people saying, all you got to do is let me mold you. And if I see something that's not perfect that I don't want in there, I'm going to mash you back down again and I'm going to reform you. Can't you be, he says, oh, house of Israel, can't you be just clay in the potter's hands? And if you notice the vessel, what it is, what kind of a vessel it is, what type of a vessel it is, is completely up to the potter as the potter sees fit. Brothers and sisters, whatever junk is in your life, it is as God sees fit to take you through whatever you're going through. Why? Because he's the potter. Well, we like to question God on a lot of things. I know I've done it. Who in the world are we to question Almighty God? You know, someone might die and we might think, why, Lord? Or someone might be taken from our lives earlier than we think and we want to think, why, Lord? It's because he's the potter and we're the clay. He's God. We're man. He created us. He can take us whenever we want. I can drop dead before the sentence is over. Why? Because he's the potter. He made me. He can take me clear off this world if he wants to, whenever he wants. Boy, we like to question God a lot. He's the potter and I'm the clay. Oh, how he would love to mold some of us in here this morning. And yes, he can mash you back down to nothing. And it hurts. It's painful. And we do not perceive it as good. Why in the world do I got this pain, Lord? What is wrong with you? Take this away from me. All the while, God could be saying, this is for your good. I'm mashing you back down. Yes, it hurts. Yes, you're just a big, ugly lump of nothingness, but I'm going to make something out of you. Something fit for the use in the master's hand. A vessel of honor. Brothers and sisters, in your perceived bad situation, what are the unseen hands of God doing in your life? What are his hands doing? 
See, all we see is the pain here and now. But God has it in his mind. No, no, I, I see him as a beautiful work of art someday. I see her as this. I see him as that. I need this person. And in order for them to become what I want them to become, i got to mash them back down to nothing and build them from the foundation up. And boy, we scream and cry along the way. But I pray that every last one of us let the potter do what he does. Is to bring about something good this morning. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that all things work together for good? Of those that love God and are the called according to his purpose? Do you believe that this morning? I do. I do. Even the bad stuff. Even the negative things. I don't like the bad stuff. I don't hope bad stuff happens to me. I don't hope bad stuff happens to you. I, I hope everything is okay with you and your family, your loved ones, your friends, your job. I hope everything is okay. But I believe that if you're going through bad things, if you will in the future. If you're not now, it's to bring about something good. Here's another, here's another scripture to me that is completely phenomenal. Listen, Hebrews 12, 11 in the King James Version says, Now no chastening, meaning discipline. It says, Now no discipline for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Oh, what a tremendous scripture. Nobody likes to be disciplined. Nobody likes to be crushed down like that lump of clay. No one enjoys pain. No one enjoys the suffering. No one enjoys it. It's grievous, the Bible says. It's true, it is grievous. Nevertheless, the Bible says, afterwards, what does it produce? It produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Oh, man. Isn't that awesome? Brothers and sisters, let's try. Try seeing things through the eyes of God. Look beyond your problem. What is he doing? What is he doing? What is, what is his hands wrought in your life? Oh, your surgery, not joyous. It's not. The opportunity that's gone, that's not joyous. Disease is not joyous. It's all grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Oh, hallelujah to that. Brothers and sisters, what are the storms producing in you? After the storm passes, what then? Then and only then will you possess the peaceable fruit of righteousness. You know what that does when you go through a storm? The Bible says it produces experience. What does experience do? Well, when another storm comes, you'll stand there and you'll think, Devil, you done tried this before. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. That's why a man or a woman of God is so valued. The person that's been through the storm, the th person that's been there and done that, and all of hell has been thrown at that person, and they are still standing. What a tremendous example for the rest of us. What does experience produce? Experience produces hope. Oh, man. Hope that there's a day we'll be in heaven. Hope that there's a day we won't have to wrestle with this physical stuff anymore, this junk, this goofy stuff that we wrestle with every single day. That's what it all produces. When he has you in the bench fights, it produces all that stuff. It's never fun. Never. But they produce gold in us. 
Yeah, many times we are thick-headed people. We don't like to listen. We don't like to have an authoritative figure telling us what to do. So God has to use alternative methods. I'm going to bring this to a close. If the band wants to make their way, uh, I would appreciate it greatly. One more little uh, piece of scripture. In 2 Peter chapter 2, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Listen, it says, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, into virtue knowledge, into knowledge temperance, into temperance patience, into patience godliness, into godliness brotherly kindness, into brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see how one thing builds on to the next, to the next, to the next? Brotherly kindness, charity, all these things keep going on and on and on and on. God is trying to get all of those things out of you. And sometimes to get them out of you, he has to send a wave to bombard your life. Sometimes he has to send a storm into your life. Why? Because he wants to get you to take the next step. He wants you to produce diligence, virtue, faith. He wants those things to come out of you. Oh, I love it. Brothers and sisters, listen. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why give thanks? Because all things work together for good to those that love God and who are the called according to His purpose. 1 Thessalonians is right. It is right. We are to give thanks even for bad stuff. No, don't give thanks for the cancer. But you give thanks for what it all brings about. Because it's going to bring about good in some way, shape, or form. You may not see it with your physical eyes. But God will have His way in the whirlwind. And the clouds are the dust of His feet, the Bible says. Let's stand. Uh, if, if we could dim these lights just slightly... You know that we always open our altars here at this church. They're open every single week for you to come and serve the Lord. Look, if you don't come down to pray, then I pray you worship this one last song. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for those bad times, Lord. We thank you for them. Much as my flesh cries out against them and doesn't want them, Lord, we thank you for them, Lord, because we know that you are omnipotent. Lord, you're on a level higher than we are, and we trust in that. And Lord, we thank you immensely for Romans 8:28, Lord, where we know that the negative situations that we are in are going to produce something good, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. These altars are open, church.